Hello. Hello. I am pretty sure that we're going to get a lot of barking in a moment. Really? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because Jeffrey's in a mood. Is he? What do you think? What, is there a particular reason? Uh, I think it, it might be because I was away. When I'm away... <sighs> a bit restless. And I come back, he gets a little bit irritated that I've spoilt the day for him. By coming back or by leaving? Uh, <laughs> both. <laughs> like, He's oh, basically dear. saying, "Don't." Uh, I like I like rhythm. I like routine, and you've uh, disrupted it. I think there's a little bit of that going on. So, um, shall we clap our hands? Yes, I'll do that. Clapping. Okay. Three, two, one. Gosh, you do that with <laughs> such beautiful clarity. Such panache. I was uh, actually I was a little bit disappointed in the quality of the clap. Oh, it's, I didn't quite get the, you know. Oh, that. I wish I'd had my. Just do that again. That was lovely. Okay, okay. <gasps> so percussive. I did, uh, you know, when I was studying to be a dancer, uh-huh. because that's what you do. We did six months of flamenco. We did six months of lots of little bits and pieces of. Um, Would you call it world dancing? No. Like world music, which I've always found slightly strange when people <laughs> call things world music because it's like. Isn't it all world music? Well, it's no stranger than the Middle East or the Far East, is it? Oh, I know. God. Middle. I know. I know. Southeast. And I forget the name of our teacher, who he was extraordinary. And we used to go to this little Spanish bar in the north of the the city in Melbourne and, and watch him drink sangria and watch him do these just unbelievable performances. Anyway, he taught us flamenco. He did Uh six months of flamenco. And you spend a lot of time going, you know, It was it was tremendous fun, but oh lordy, a little bit difficult. Yeah. Did you get really sore hands, or did you get clap calluses? <laughs> As opposed to you know like um, carrying bag calluses or the I, other kind. No, of I think if you were rubbing your hands, maybe there would be. Oh, no. I didn't get any clap calluses. Okay. I didn't get clap. But calluses. then you know you weren't a professional, so. What. Well, well, also, I, I'm not sure I'd call myself a professional flamenco dancer. That's what I mean. You weren't a professional flamenco it's, dancer. So it's true. Hence, so maybe I didn't You quite. didn't have the chance to build up your clap calluses. Yes, any um, Any flamenco dancers listening, please feel free to email us. <laughs> Drop us a line about <laughs> clap calluses. <laughs> This is a podcast in which two friends have serious conversations about silly things and silly conversations about serious things. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlife. Do you think the Queen might tweet about us one day and say congratulations to Lee and Simon on a fine, I don't know, episode maybe? Oh, I'm not sure that we should take the lid off the Queen. I think it's a it's a it's a <laughs> take topic. the lid off. The, she's got a lid on. Off for you. I just think the topic of royalty is something that we should keep the lid very very firmly um on top of because I have I have conflicting feelings. Do you? Yeah, I really, really do. Let's keep the lid on. Maybe she can only come out during the night anyway. Because she's a vampire. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. 
I don't think she's a vampire because I've definitely seen her in the day. She was at Totnes train station when we lived here at some point. Was she? I don't know. Was she celebrating the opening of Costa Coffee there or something? There's never been a Costa Coffee open in Totnes and you know that. So take that back right now. We successfully stopped that happening. I mean, we didn't do anything about climate action, but we absolutely stopped Costa opening a branded restaurant on the high street. A branded restaurant. Yeah. Uh, hey, so how are you? Welcome back. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, because um, I have been at work. I've, I had my. I've I've moved into my regular pattern of three days up north. Weekly. Yeah. Fuck. That's what I thought. Oh wow. Hmm. Should we keep the lid on that as well? No, actually, it was it was <laughs> it was really very pleasant. You know, because the job's interesting, the people are pleasant. Um, a change is as good as a rest. This episode could be about platitudes to do with work. <laughs> I'm grateful for the opportunity. <laughs> I couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> There's no I in team. There's no. <laughs> I just want to do my best. God willing. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe we should just talk about the Queen. <laughs> Yeah. You're not listening to me because I can see that you're reading a text message. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If if, I'm leaving this in, listeners. You're like your eagle eyes. I want you you to know. But when he went, yeah, he wasn't listening to a word. His eyes went completely blank as he just like gazed with that slack jawed look of a teenager. Shush now. I am not finished observing you. (laughs) I was just thanking some people who just texted us to give us some, you know. Fine, let's switch the cameras off and do the job. This is from Helen. This is from Helen and Naz. And Helen Naz are two secondary school teachers based in Bologna. Mm-hmm. Naz is Iranian and Helen is a Kiwi. And I know Helen from way back at Phys Ed School in Dunedin. Oh, this is interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not going to say this is interesting, just in case it's not. Or you think, hmm, that's stupid. <laughs> uh, so we communicate who we are through food. Our emotions, our national and other identities, our prejudices, our care and grief, our priorities, our values, our level of patience, our open and closed-mindedness. We communicate who we are through food. Fuck. I had a lot of butter yesterday, Lee Miller. Oh, all right, smart ass. <laughs> You know what happened, actually? I took uh, Finn and I went to uh, Gail's in the morning for breakfast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gail's should be sponsoring us. This is the second shout-out she's had. Too right. And uh, we stood outside because I was still a little bit like we were in lockdown mode. And uh, I said, so, Finn, you don't have to have just one thing. And he said, I'm quite vegan at the moment. And I looked at everything in the store and <laughs> I said, you could have told me that before. I think he might have told me, actually. So I had, um, I had lots and he didn't have any. <laughs> Oh, Simon, you didn't just then go when your nephew says I'm quite vegan at the moment, go, oh, that's all right, mate. Let's go and find somewhere vegan in central London where we live. No, we don't live in central London. Oh, you know what I mean. We're as close to Devon as we are central London. That is patently not true. It's true. It's not true. (laughs) It's Um, true. I can agree with you that that is not true. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This text is pressing all of my buttons. Oh, 
In a good way. You're right, it's interesting. I mean, it's really interesting. And from such an apparently benign statement of fact, it opens up a lot of prejudices and problems. And it's a really rich vein for me to think about. So what buttons are pushed? I think what comes up being British and being alive in this moment is just all the stuff that immediately emerges about food poverty in this country right now. I thought you were going to talk about Brexit then and not actually be out of all this food we can't even get into the country. Um, that feels... I, can't, I guess that sort of feels like low-hanging fruit to just sort of use this as an opportunity to delve into more them and uzzing. You know, I, I don't really want to, to touch on that, but I, I, I do find myself thinking that, okay, so this is not offered as a, as a critique of the question because I'm, I'm aware that it's coming from a completely different cultural context. But there's a, there's a, a level of privilege inside that question Aye. that I recognise for myself and in myself. Can you, can you be more specific? I think the idea that we have the potential to communicate our inner workings through what we put on a plate assumes a capacity to be able to put things on a plate. And the capacity in the UK is made complex for a multiplicity of reasons. One is that the slow, well, even not really that slow, death of the high street over the last, you know, 40 years or so, the death of greengrocers and butchers and bakers and and that kind of idea of of local... um, Lo- local yeah. places that local you can get business food. people yeah yeah that's just disappeared in lots of the country and been mm. replaced by supermarkets i was so i stayed in um i stayed in a bit of liverpool recently around kirkdale train station so i was there for 3 or 4 days um where i was there wasn't anywhere to buy food within walking distance wow so you know, I was I was looking and then thinking, I don't know where to eat. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where these people who live around here and it was a residential where area. Where are they going? And so obviously, it's a bus to a supermarket. It becomes all of that sort of stuff where you go. Not but that's that, not. I was going to say not that long ago there would have been places along the high street because you can still see the shop fronts that are just empty. So that's kind of where I am with that idea of we communicate ourselves. And- but we still are doing that, aren't we? Even it's not that we're saying I'm. Cho- it's not necessarily about we're choosing to communicate like this. We are just doing that. All, given all of the things you've just said about the things that are beyond our control and the things that are within our control, regardless of the state of the kind of food each of us is eating, we're still communicating who we are through those things. And what does that say about so many people who are, you know? Unable to make choices about the things that go on their plates. No, I just, it's just because, you know, I mean, I'm, I think one of the things that of all, you know, this is not going to be a surprise for anyone who's listened to this podcast more than, well, whenever, um, whatever, but, uh, is one of the things that draws me to Italian food is this incredibly long tradition of uh, la cucina povera, the poor kitchen, and that the, the food is it's so premised on how do we... And it's actually so much cooking around the world is like this, which is how, mu- how, how do we make the most out of everything? 
And so it's like every little bit of food, all of the scraps, all of the everything is made into something. You cook, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll have the cheapest cut of meat, which is cooked for days and days and days, and then not eaten. It's only used as the, you're, it's eaten as a different meal, but what it's cooked in becomes a sugo or a sauce for part, you know, like, and the, and, and so there's, there's, those traditions exist around the world. And so what you're talking about is there's something about our culture that's changed so much. So all those traditions effectively, and they're being lost, they're being lost in Italy. Absolutely. Um, when, I, when I talk to people about, I mean, I, I'm being a bit facetious, but making gnocchi, they're a little bit like, these Italian people going, what? Who does that? And so... Uh, I don't know the the, the the poverty thing you're talking about. It's it's not not that I'm going, but let's not talk about that. It's, I don't mean that at all. It's just that it's it's like we've dug ourselves into this just horrendous hole, and I don't think it's that. I I I, I don't actually. It's one of those things where I don't think it would be that complex to get us out of it. But I but I don't think there is the well, certainly not because um, big business is just uh, just rules what it is that we eat and the way in which we make decisions about food. So it's there's a for me is a sort of I, I'm profoundly frustrated when actually and it's not even about time spent cooking and I'm jumping all around here because it's not people go I don't have time to cook but actually it's not like that at all because it's not that complex and so I, I I'm sounding very snobby but wow does it uh, yeah push my buttons yeah I mean and that's that's sort of the bit where I didn't I I didn't want to go. Uh, because because it is it is too easy to start to sound snobby about what you eat and i'm i'm reflecting on the fact that there which are which is something we've probably done over episodes and episodes really, yeah absolutely frankly. even Abs- the fact of me how you pronounce bruschetta for example yeah. a bit snobby isn't it yeah but i think there's a difference about us revealing our snobbery about what we want to eat and then being snobby about the state of cuisine in the you know in in the places that we live and and i think that the question um allows us because it's such such a beautifully open question or or, or statement it's a case a thesis statement rather than a question isn't it yes um it, it does yes. such a beautiful thing to allow us to either speak directly to our own experiences which we can do and we have done not in such an explicit way to say that we are what we eat, in a, in effect. It is. It is. It is effectively, in a way, saying that, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. This, uh, or, or rather, what we eat communicates who we are. It's the other way around, isn't it? And it's. Yeah, yeah. And we we could we could have I could have started to answer that question in that way, but there was something that immediately was was sort of stirred up in my response that that made me think, whatever I say now is coming from behind a particular filter of privilege. And that's why I kind of go, oh my God, this is so deeply complex. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it, I guess what I hear you talking about, <laughs> by the way, oh no, maybe I should finish that thought. I just was, as you were talking, I was <laughs> reminded when we went to that, that uh, Michelin star place. It was, in, it was out your way somewhere. Oh, shit. Where did we go? <laughs> we made such a scene because they brought the menu out and we all said, can we ask for the dessert menu first so we know what to make space for? <laughs> do you well, remember? I do remember. Was it, the, was it the angel in Dartmouth? Sounds about right. And the entire restaurant was kind of just... <laughs> 
they're just leaning into our conversation. Yeah, yeah, because we were not quiet when we were like, no. <laughs> we don't we, we say we, you mean you. <laughs> oh, you, you want to listen to your own mouth, matey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, touche. In a way, I hear, what I hear in your voice is kind of, uh, what is it that I'm hearing in your voice when you talk about privilege in relation to these things? Is it... Is it that I'm hearing, um, like, is it disappointment or is it that you feel uh, that you un- you shouldn't be able to talk about uh, how it is that food at food is communicating the kind of person you are? Okay. If we go to the provocation, we communicate who we are through food. Our emotions, our national and other identities, our prejudice, our care and grief, our priorities, our values, our level of patience, our open and closed-mindedness. I think it is just... A beautiful offer. There's nothing what, else to be said. No. But what really jumps out is prejudice, priorities, values, open and closed-mindedness. And it makes me so sad that structures have functioned to effectively inculcate prejudice, remove the notion of care, shift priorities to other people's bottom line rather than our lived experience make values about who is earning the most and not about who is being nourished it's also making us all sick in the west which i find one of the terrible ironies of it all one of the tragic ironies of it so so it's that for me is is why it, it kind of i guess what you're hearing in my voice simon effectively is guilt yeah, I didn't want to drop the G word on you, but uh, that's it's what fine. I was hearing. It's fine, you can say it, because I'm guilty because... But what are you guilty of? Oh, I'm not guilty of anything. I just feel shitty about the fact that I've never experienced food poverty. I don't feel shitty about it. What a ridiculous thing to say. I feel shitty that other people experience it now. And I feel shitty that it's so... That sense of food poverty is so tied up with not being able to make your own food. And yeah. that's where it's, you know, that's where so much of it comes from. The, the not being able to put some simple ingredients and actually relatively inexpensive ingredients together to make something which is nourishing. I made potato, it was potato and flour. And I'm, I'm knowing I'm being on about gnocchi, but like it's potato and flour. Yeah. Like it's just, ah, oh, I mean, yeah, it's a bit of labor, but not really. But also it's the industrial, you know, it's the industrial farming complex, this sense that we've got to eat meat with every meal, as opposed to, as you say, you have one cut of meat that's probably going to last you the entire week. Yeah, yeah, and it works out about 50p a serve. Like yeah. it's because you have to make it last, you have to make it work, you have to go, mm-hmm. oh, so it's going to be this, and then it's going to be that, and then it's going to be this, and, you know, I... Um, I'm but we're not so fit. Like that's how your like that's how my mother cooked for us. Yeah, like, that's how no my mum cooked for me. It, it that's was how really my mum still cooks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was basic food, and it was cheap, and it's it's really I really like I really like what we're being asked to talk mm. about here. I I find it I do find it, it because the thing that I guess it because the one that strikes out the one that no I don't know it's just that. It, because I know I've, you know, people who have listened to this uh, midlifing a lot, they'll know I bang on about food, and they know you bang on about food. But I have a s- sneaky suspicion, and also my um, the students I work with, my colleagues at work, I think they know because they, I, I think they know because I go, oh no, I'm not going to eat that. I'd rather eat this, and that it, and and for me, it's sort of, 
the word that comes out is about care. Mm. And it's really curious that Helen and Naz say care and grief. Mm. I'm, I'm really fascinated that they put those two words together. Um, I don't quite understand why, but there's something, because in a way when I talk about care, like I care about the food I, I'm eating. I care about where it comes from. But these are those are particular values, aren't they? They're very middle-class values. It was so curious because it wasn't long after I arrived in here that um, I was invited to your place for a meal. And I think, in fact, I think it was for pancake, what is it called, Shrove Tuesday? Shrove Tuesday, yeah. And um, because it was, it was only a, maybe a month or so after I'd arrived, I just figured that that was normal. <laughs> I couldn't have been more wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's... It's a it's a relatively rare occasion here, whereas in you know in in Portugal. Oh hi Jeff, just woken up. Um, in Portugal, I will be expected to if if I'm if people know that I'm in town and I don't go around to see them for dinner, there's kind of like oh something's are, wrong. Are we uh, have we upset you? <laughs> it's like mm. no. Uh, do you know? Have you heard of Alice Waters? No, I don't believe I have. Alice Waters, we, 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 Lil and I have been burning through the um, various cooks in the Masterclass series, and Alice Waters is one of them. And uh, she was the owner of a very famous restaurant in California called Chez Panis. I think it's Chez Panis. And she's kind of, she's, they describe her as pioneering California cuisine. Anyway, this masterclass opens with her going shopping for local produce at a local market in San Francisco. And I'd, I'd noted that um, Anthony Bourdain, is that how you say his name? Had just teared into her. He's dead, isn't he? Yeah, he, died he did. He died, he died by, I think he died by suicide a couple of years ago. Oh. Anyway, um, and he'd sort of torn into her because of, basically he was calling her a snob about, you know, there's a, he was basically saying there's a global recession on whenever this was, you know, and pe- people are struggling and the idea that you should go into a local farmer's market and, you know, sniff the sniff the um, the beets before you buy them and all that. And, and I had a really strong reaction to her. Um, it's beautiful food she's cooking, really simple, not, you know, steamed vegetables, very, very plain food in a way. Um, and yet there's something about the... Uh, the sort of affectations of, um, oh, it's so, I have such a love-hate relationship with it because she's basically saying we need to take, we need to care and be be close to and understand where food comes from and what it smells like and when it's in season and all these you know very basic things and yet there's another part of it which is just well, who gets to do that? Yeah, and that's the bit that I was, uh, I'm, I yeah, that's where I get confused again because here no one. The, you know the relationship between the, f- the field and table is so attenuated as to be you know uh, it, it's 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 like a fiction that this yeah. was ever grown uh, whereas yes that's right that it has no relationship with the land at all yeah yeah oh, it's really these are oh. and what would you this is a, such a mean question um what would you do like it goes back you know all that all the way back to Ruby's question of us about if we were, um, you know, elected as politicians. Oh. 
Like, what would you, where would you begin? Because, you know, I was thinking about it a little bit. I didn't want to come across. I just had that sort of weird reaction to Alice Waters. But I also want to be clear that she's done an enormous amount for education uh, for, you know, these for, uh, for young people and understanding about food and all those different things, right? But, but yeah, like it's a... Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, when you said earlier on that it wouldn't be that hard a job to fix this... Yeah, I know. You did think, what a... It's like... <laughs> I think it would be because what you have to do is you, you have to start by going, okay, so Guy Fawkes was right, except he's going to blow up the wrong thing. We need to blow up all the supermarkets. And you yeah. have to, you know, you, but you, you then start to go, oh, but they employ so many people. This is, this is what I mean where I kind of go, if we blow up the supermarkets, these people don't have jobs. So I'm, I know that what I'm saying is um, I am not clever enough to know where to go back to in order to snip it off deep enough at the root. Mm. I find myself going supermarkets have done something deeply problematic to the infrastructure and culture by by moving everything from the high street to these you know these singular places everything then becomes behind it behind plastic and also literally not sustainable it's hard to address the question that we've been sent without all of this starting to emerge from me and, and I'm not clever enough and I'm not knowledgeable enough and I just get upset because I know that I'm at the edge right at the edge of my knowledge but my knowledge is enough to know that this is bad You know, I just I'm going to just try and say this because I think it's also important that that this is said and that is, you know, Lil and I have sat at your table in Devon many many times and we've shared food that's been carefully cooked. We've shared food that's been hastily cooked. We've shared food that we've all brought. We've all gone down and bought little things and put them on the table and and shared things that I've brought. And you know, there's like there's been a very wide range, but. None of those things are, it's like to me, it's the table in a way is the, um, I think in, uh, I can never remember in Italian, they have, they have two words for table, the table, meaning, you know, um, uh, the, the regular word, use the word, and then the table, which is the idea of the table is effectively a metaphor, a place, mm. a place where things, where the, where, where people, um, share food and and so i guess i'm just i just want to say this so we don't get too caught up in this the things about privileges and all the things that are you know and and poverty and yet there's also just something so incredibly special about there's no tv in that room lee miller we're just <laughs> sitting around a table yeah yeah and sometimes the food was fancy as fuck and sometimes the food was plain as... Well, I'm not going to say it was plain as shit. Because <laughs> it was never, but it was also, there was also, you know, porridge. Yeah. Bloody hell, heated up oats, for God's sake. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing and an important thing. And, and um, you know, amongst friends, uh, I, I, yeah, 